Welcome to the 75th episode of the Nerdum and Other Nonsense Anime Podcast. Today, we are covering the lucky 13th week of the fall 2018 anime season. Stay tuned for the end of the podcast where we'll be breaking down our final scores for the shows we watch this season, both for the podcast and outside of it. As always, we include timestamps in the description of the YouTube video and podcast feed if you only want to hear about one or two specific shows, since there will be spoilers raining down everywhere. My name is Leo, and I am just torn up inside with Run With The Wind was delayed too long for us to cover episode 12. I honestly don't know what to do with myself. I think I'll just watch the first 11 episodes on repeat to raise my spirits. <laughs> Actually, I would rather do a week's worth of Hygie's uh, running regiment instead. <laughs> also with me are Becom and Cat. How are oh, you hey. guys? <laughs> yeah, Leo would just rather die than watch 11 episodes on repeat. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Well, watching would probably kill me too, so I'm at least I'm choosing how I die. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very true. Uh, uh, we we got another iTunes review. Uh, I don't think it's actually going to show oh my up gosh. because it's like an international iTunes review. But the uh, the person who did it, Reanimator Yada, who we know personally, he sent the message along to us. So, Cat, you know what that means. <clears throat> This podcast is on... Okay, this is from Reanimator Yata, by the way. <laughs> I love you, Yata. Okay. This podcast is unquestionably one of the most entertaining and engaging anime podcasts I've ever come across. There's real chemistry between the three hosts, which is extremely engrossing and makes the listening experience a true pleasure. Each host adds their own special something to the podcast, and together, when their powers are combined... Magic is created each and every episode. Be calm is always right. Uh-huh. Always. Yep. I feel like I gagged a little when I said that. <laughs> it's like Athena herself is whispering truths into his ear. She does. Each week, as he gives his take on the latest seasonal anime, I find myself in a constant state of agreement. Of course. Oh, God. Cat yeah. is hilarious and charismatic. Ugh. She has truly been a great addition to the podcast. She would be entertaining reading a phone book and has me constantly uh-huh. laughing throughout the show. Aw. Leo brings his own flavor to the show. Is it beef Tomato flavor? flavor? No. Oh! <laughs> and really gets the best out of his co-hosts. His hot takes are almost always a highlight. They drive me nuts. Any fan of anime should be listening to this podcast each and every week. True. You, you, oh, yeah. 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 You Yata, know what, Yada? I love you. You know what, Yada? I don't think I've ever been so politely told you don't like me before. <laughs> <laughs> that's hilarious. I'm like, oh, that's nice. <laughs> but not really. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I like it, Yada. It's that fun. was good. <laughs> Thank you, Yada, for that review. That was really solid. I like that. Athena herself. Whispering it's, the truth of anime. It's a, let's be honest. Cat and I know it's a little moe Athena too. Probably. Oh, very. Moe. You know what? I think that if you really want to brag about that, you should go to an anime convention cosplaying as Athena, and then I will okay. accept this. I could do that. <laughs> Seriously. Why not? Uh, like, if you if you promise to go cosplaying as Athena, 
I don't know. I'll cosplay too. Maybe I'll go as Yugiri. Fuck it. See, I'll pretend to go cosplaying as Athena, but I'll be like, no, I'm actually going to be very true to the review. And I'm just going to have like a little doll of Athena perched on my shoulder, whispering into my ear, and I'll just go as myself. And then you'll be super pissed. <laughs> there you go. I would be pissed off. <laughs> Could you imagine the amazing pictures if you did cosplay as Athena? Oh my God. That would be epic. Uh, yes, she would be. Uh, uh, a goddess beyond reproach, for sure. Oh boy. I, uh, I could do your makeup for you. you. You know I used to do drag makeup, right? Uh-huh. It doesn't surprise I do me. It. Oh, wow. <laughs> so, anyways, like I said in the intro, there will be no run with the wind because they delayed themselves for like... A million years. So long. I don't know why. Yeah, so there's really no episode did. to do. So we'll just get right into Kat doing some... Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai because she really, uh. really likes the show, even though what she says is very big contradiction. <laughs> well, okay, I always, even if I enjoy a show or think it did a decent job, I will always point out the bullshit that I see in the show because I think even a good show deserves to be criticized. That's how you get great shows. Oh, oh, so. let, let me do my micro synopsis first. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay. So Sakata cries hysterically a lot. Then Kaede narrates a flashback episode. Sakata cries hysterically some more. Then he eats like a starved savage. Ultimately, Sakata really misses <laughs> his little sister with a brother complex. Futaba explains that older Shoko never existed because of quantum mechanics. Mai finally decides she won't beat the perfect girlfriend and gets jealous of Twilight Shoko. I mean, quantum Shoko. Uh, Notoka shows up and informs dumbass Sakata that it's Mai's birthday. He fucking books it to where Mai is filming and she's perfect again, so she forgives him. And also apolog- apologizes because perfection. It's pretty good synopsis, honestly. <laughs> I mean, I'm not wrong. <laughs> See, but that's that's not funny, and it's not entertaining to listen to. Oh, Let like me the tell show. you the real story of what happens. Oh, fuck off, because you know you were entertained. So, yeah, the OG Kaida is back. Like, she's not the dumbass, like, uh, stupid bitch anymore. Um, it's really well done, actually, how they make her subtly different enough that you as the viewer notice but like she's not super super different you know what i mean yeah um that i feel like that it was well done character wise for them to do that without having to constantly mm. say she's different like you just know she's different it was kind of yeah. easy for them to do specifically just because like her her weird like chuni bio emoto character was so like uh you know, it's so easy to recognize and it's like such a trope. So when she reverts back to being just like a normal little sister, like you might see in real life, it was, yeah, it was kind of easy to pick up on. But like, I, like yeah. Kat said, I think they kind of did it in a decent way. Yeah. They did do it in a good way. Mm-hmm. Sakuta flips his shit at one point when like they're at the hospital mm-hmm. and he realizes like, oh, she's gone runs outside and there's this fucking hilarious scene with him running in the yep. rain and he has like raptor arms as i like to call them which is he's when like you the, when you uh, have your Attack arms on titan up. or he's like prince from fucking uh run with the wind yes yeah. he's like prince with in run with the wind like you know how the arms like come up and they're like near your shoulders and you're running and your arms are flapping those are yes. raptor arms and he fucking <laughs> runs down the street in the rain making noises like a raccoon that's been stabbed mm-hmm. while he does raptor arms. His face also is ridiculous. Like, I know it was supposed to be sad. It made <laughs> me crack up so bad I had to pause and laugh It was for hilarious. A while. It was absolutely <laughs> it hilarious. It was hilarious. Yeah. Oh, my God. I was like, ah! 
I was waiting for him to pass out in the end. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh yeah, because he got wet. Rain. Yeah, that, that's like the rule of this of the show, right? He, every time he gets wet, he has to go to the hospital. Mm-hmm. That's why he never out. gets in the bath with them. <laughs> oh, maybe. He gets uh, in the I don't bath know. I, I thought honestly, the new OG Kaide, like the one that's the original, is a much more complete person. Yes, like she's not. She's not like this dumb manic pixie dream girl that the kaide that we've seen throughout the well, show I, is yeah i think the first kaide is uh was supposed to be broken in that sense you know not a complete human mm-hmm. so. yeah well because like she like she reminded me throughout the series like the one that we saw as like one of those manic pixie dream girl dream girls from like uh, rom-coms where the guy is like saved by this weird cheery girl who like has no soul yeah you know what i mean um, but this, this Kaide, the OG Kaide actually seems like she could have a life of her own and be, you know, an independent person and not be dependent on everyone around her. So of course, fucking Sakuta's crushed because that's all he's ever wanted in life is to have <laughs> someone dependent on his every moment and every move because he's a narcissist. Yeah. So he's broken by this. That's turns really out, what I think it is. Turns out he liked having his little sister crawl into his bed every morning. <laughs> yeah, he he liked her being now. dependent on him. He liked he liked having this this dumb bitch who he was clearly smarter than crawl around after him and eat, like hang on his every word. Like I really do think that he's kind of a narcissist. Yeah, um, for sure. I mean, I, I've made no secret throughout this. I kind of hate Sakuta. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, we know. Yeah, so, I don't know, at this point, Sakuta starts bleeding again. Also, Shoko shows up. So, I guess Leo was right about her being the imaginary friend, because, like, it's all contrived. Yeah. Um, She takes him back to his house. She makes him take a bath. Then she reads from the diary, like, Kaede's diary to him. And it's, like, very cheesy, and it's, like, supposed to make you feel bad. I did not feel mm-hmm. bad. No. Um... Yeah, and I just wrote at this point, yeah, yeah, Kaede always knew she was going to be gone. Oh, it's so sad. Boo-hoo is what I wrote. <laughs> like, I like, what the show is trying to say is, like, oh, he lived, like, these, like, however many months with Kaede, this other person. And now that, now that this person is just gone, it's like a person literally died in his life. But, like, yeah, she's so it, the whole situation is kind of so, like, heightened and ridiculous, and it's hard to really feel the emotional weight for it for me like it just feels like cheesy emoto bullshit it's like maybe the maybe the well has just been poisoned for me by like shows like aromaga sensei and ore emo but i (laughs) I can't feel like seriously about that i will tell you guys we are the minority of the community about this oh, no, show. People love this show. Oh, they I, love I'm it. sure people yeah. were like, oh, eating it up. Like, oh, feel his pain. But, yeah. It's mm-hmm. dumb, though. You shouldn't feel his pain. But yeah, so Sakura cries at this point, like a little bitch, in my opinion. Um, I mean, okay, I, I, I agree. Like, he should have cried. People are allowed to have emotional reactions. I just, yeah. I don't know. It felt so dramatic, so over the top. But he wakes up the next day. Shoko is conveniently gone. She, like, wrote this note, like, I'm leaving. But actually, the note made me laugh because if she is imaginary, which I think we all agree she is. He wrote it. I'm just imagining (laughs) Sakuta half asleep, 
like getting out of the bathtub and like writing this note and being like, I'll forget this in the morning and then going to bed. Right. (laughs) (laughs) That's so ridiculous. Um, Also, because of what happens next, do you think Mai like saw the note and was like, that's Sakuta's handwriting. And like that made her even more pissed off. Probably. (laughs) 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 But yeah, so there's this, there's this scene where, um, Basically, the house is like lit completely differently now that Kaede's gone, which I thought was an interesting choice. Um, and he eats like a tomato and a piece of bread, yes. and the tomato like splats everywhere. I laugh so and hard, very, and I'm just like, "Come on!" Like, I, what like are when you he bit into that right tomato, now? though, I was like, I knew that Leo would have like a physical reaction to that, and that's why I, I was laughing I, so hard. I believe hard. I just like straightened in my chair, my eyes got wide, and I was like, "Oh God, that's that's awful." <laughs> Do you real? Have I ever told you, Leo, that during the summer I literally we have so many tomatoes that I literally do that all summer. I I know people do that. (laughs) I literally go around my house eating whole tomatoes and having them drip down my chin. Mm. At least you don't. Sometimes you bite into one and it splats, and it's sad. Yeah, (laughs) as long as you don't mix your peas into your mashed potatoes, you're still okay, I guess. It's delicious. Give it a shot. But yeah, I, I eat tomatoes like candy. They're they're some, one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so then my like called Sakuta last night. So he calls her back and tells her everything that's happened. And he acts very calm and collected now. Like it wasn't even that bad for him, which we all know was a lie because we we witnessed the raptor hand scene. Oh, so like we know that this is the bullshit. Fuck out. <laughs> yes. And I was kind of thinking to myself, like, oh, that's not cool. You should never hide when you've when you feel that much emotion, especially from someone that you're dating or that's really important in your life. So it's a little I was like, that's not cool. Yeah. Um, so then he goes to the hospital to visit OG Kaide when he talks about introducing Kaide to Mai eventually again, I guess. And she's like the new Kaide. Um so she doesn't remember Mai at all, to all, which will be really weird for Mai, I feel like. Yeah. yeah. She'll be like, hi, I've known you for months, but nice to meet you. Yeah, it's super weird. Um, uh, th- there was yeah. also a little scene in there, which I appreciated because it's Kaide reading her uh, her uh, fucking notebook or whatever. Oh, figuring out she's what like, she was doing. She's yeah. like embarrassed by it. And I'm like, thanks for at least addressing this a little bit show. <laughs> yeah. I'm glad that happened. I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. Cause she's like, Oh, and I'm going to do this with the only chain. I'm going to do this with the only chain. And she's reading it. And she's like, what the fuck was I doing? <laughs> <laughs> yes. I did like that. I did like that. Um, I don't know. At this point he goes back home. Mai comes to visit Sakuta at home because she could tell like oh he's probably in a lot of emotional pain he's excited to see her he's like oh my gosh i can't believe you came down on the bullet train for me i love that you did this like it's so great she sees the note and apparently like at first i think she thought he was cheating but then i think she recognized his handwriting (laughs) (laughs) like i said i I didn't put this together the first time but i totally think she she saw his handwriting and was like is this dude pretending to cheat on me <laughs> while like emotionally just being unavailable? Like what's happening? <laughs> <laughs> and, and she's just pissed off and doesn't know how to feel. 
And she's just like, I'm going to go home. I'm just going to leave. And he's like, no, I'm sorry. And I don't know. He didn't rely on her when he needed someone's help. He basically relied on himself, i.e. his imaginary weird mental friend, which I mean, that's also a red flag. If your boyfriend creates like a fucking imaginary friend at like what, 16 Mm-hmm. Instead of talking to you about his feelings, he, he, he prefers to make an imaginary friend to talk well, to. Yeah, that's awful. Like, I would imagine imaginary, if I was my imaginary two. girlfriend was around before her, so but it was still, a, it was like, a pre-existing problem. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Well, but you would think now that he has a girlfriend that he wouldn't need her anymore. Yeah, yeah. She he should be relying on my. Yeah, of course she's mad. It makes sense yeah, for her to be that's mad. that's why I think she's mad. Yeah. Yeah. So she leaves and is like, I don't want you to touch me right now. Like, I can't do this. Mm-hmm. And he's very upset and sad. The next day he's at work and he's like, oh, I'm sad. And <laughs> apparently a week later, he's still sad. The, the like, my sister comes and is like, what the fuck you doing, boy? It's Mai's birthday. Where the <laughs> fuck are you? What have uh-huh. you been doing? What are you doing right now? He is the worst boyfriend that exists on this planet. I'm just saying he is so in his own head about his own self. He can't even remember his fucking girlfriend's birthday. He's a narcissist. I want to whoop his ass. He runs to where Mai is like he apparently buys this like really expensive bullet train ticket to go see her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And like rushes over and he barely makes it. And it's like, what, 10 at night or something when he gets there? Yeah, 10 before midnight when it is her birthday, I believe. Oh, 10 before midnight. Yeah. So he barely makes it and like sees her for 10 minutes before her birthday is over. And Mai is waiting for him at the bus stop or whatever because Nodoka, her sister, wasn't very subtle. And she's kind of like thinking and she's like, oh, he forgot. He's rushing over here. I better just meet him. And, like, you find out he didn't plan at all because he, he forgot and, like, did this in a hurry. He does no he's money. a huge burden on her. <laughs> he has no money because he spent all his money on his fucking plane ticket. So he's probably going to have to borrow money from her to get back home like a broke-ass bitch. He has nowhere to stay. So she has to arrange to figure out where he's going to fucking stay. Like, at midnight, this is a huge inconvenience to her. Like, he's basically caused her more problems, is all he's done. It's like he showed up and was like, happy birthday, my deal with my shit. No, take care of me. Help me. Take care of me. That's what he did. I know what you ranked this show, Kat. I really think you need to readjust. Go back and readdress what you ranked it, because you you hate it more than you realize, I think. (laughs) Maybe I love to hate it. Uh-huh. I don't Maybe know. That's it. Also, I just thought about this. He didn't get her a fucking present. He didn't get her a fucking present. It's the thought that counts, Cat. He, he showed up. No, it's not. <laughs> it, you know what the thought is? That you thought and just like planned and decided what to get them. That is the thought that counts. It doesn't matter how much you spent on it. It matters that you planned in advance and, and like did things for them and you made an effort. And he made Zippo effort. <clears throat> Fuck yeah. him. Worst boyfriend of all time. <laughs> so sometimes just showing up have, is enough. But like in this case, I'm kind of with Kat where like 
he oh, just yeah. shows up and it's like she's he has every reason to be pissed at him. No, I'm totally with you guys on this. And then, yeah. He yeah. just it's shows stupid. up and makes problems for her exactly, on her birthday yeah. that she has yeah. to take care of. <laughs> it's uh, kind of anyway. shitty. It is. They have this 15 minute mini date. She basically says what I said earlier about him being emotionally unavailable and not relying on her and her <laughs> being pissed off about it. And she grabs his cheek instead of kissing him, which I did like. <laughs> and I, I did like that she she didn't forgive him. I did like that. I do wish that they had done like another episode or like a special episode where she just dumps him and like starts, <laughs> I don't know, dating one of the other girls and they can have a great <laughs> lesbian relationship or it's something. Not gonna happen. And just rub Sakuta's face in it and be like, this girl is the best person i've ever dated not like you sakuta you son of a bitch that's what the ending should have been her and futaba just get together yeah makes sense yes actually that would be best futaba yeah. would be a great girlfriend it makes sense yeah With she's Maya. very understanding they would be a power yeah. Yeah. you know what they would be a power couple futaba is going places in life mm-hmm. Maya is going places in life they would be amazing together oh yeah they would you're right they would be. A I want a fanfic of like five years from now. Futaba and Mai have been together for four years. They're dating. They're talking about how in the future they want to have kids. Sakuta comes over and visits them and is like sad, lonely, and Futaba, depressed. Fut- and like, Futaba becomes a famous scientist who figured out how to take, uh, how to turn the female's uh, egg to be able to fertilize <laughs> another egg. Oh god! Yes. <laughs> They, they like actually, you know what? It'll be like 10 or 15 years in the future. They have kids together. Sakuta comes over and is sad, lonely, and alone. And they're just like, oh, well, we're in the best relationship ever. And it's because it doesn't include you. And you're a fucking piece of shit. That should be the, the special episode at the end. Like he even tried dating Tomoe for a while, but even she ended up dumping him in the end. Yeah. They all got tired of him. They all realized that they're that he's a piece of shit. You want to know and what like, we're actually going to get though? <laughs> like, uh, we're actually going to get a movie next summer. Uh, uh, like, that's just it's going to be uh, more about uh, Shoko, like the imaginary girl. So it's like the exact opposite of what you. Oh want. God! Oh God! I don't want that. Yep. You know what? Maybe I should just enlist the community to make a fanfic about Futaba and Mai, and and make this a reality. I think they're already if working on it. If anyone wants to volunteer, if anyone wants to volunteer, please leave us a comment on our um <laughs> like a like a review comment on our podcast. I will read it and I you know what? I will direct them to the fanfic you write about this cuz I think it's an amazing scene in my head <laughs> and I think everyone deserves to read this. Damn. Absolutely. Oh, god. So. Speaking of Yuri, become. Yeah, let's jump into that. Uh so we have one more episode 13. Bloom into you, finally wrapping up. Uh, so episode 13 is called To the Last Stop slash Lighthouse. Um, so this episode starts off with Toko and her family visiting their like family burial plot. And Toko tells her sister like she's going to do what she couldn't do in the first place. Um, and like or, or in her place, in her sister's place. And once it's done, she's going to go do something else but she's not sure what yet she it's because okay. like she never thought about like oh what do i do after i fulfill my sister's like journey <laughs> like she never thought is that about what that. you got from that i uh, wondered somewhat. if like somehow it was toko's fault that her sister died or something and she was trying to say like 
once it's done, like maybe I'll be forgiven or something. Cause I couldn't figure out what this pause was that I guess that makes sense too. Yeah. That's how, yeah. That's an interesting way to take it too. Yeah. I think her both are kind of valid interpretations potentially. She definitely blames herself for her sister, uh, even if she wasn't responsible, but uh, yeah. So you and Koyomi, they meet up at Miyako's cafe to continue like rewriting the script for the play. Uh, and it's going to add a lot of new lines for you. But like and since it was her idea, she's OK with that, even though she's like afraid of doing the play the whole time. But she wonders what Toka will think when she reads this new idea. And and she just knows that she wants to see her reaction when she reads it. And Koyomi asks you to help her think of a title for the play soon as well. Um and so as they leave the cafe, it's kind of funny because they leave and like two seconds later, Toko and Psyche show up together as if on cue. And Miyako asks them about the study camp and is a little uh, curious about this strange man from Rico's theater troupe who like helped them out. Uh, you can see that like Miyako is like a little bit jealous and like Sayaka like actually like teases her just a little bit like and that comes around later. It's kind of interesting. So but yeah, Psy- Psyche asks Toko to tell her like how she remembers her sister Mio and Toko is kind of reluctant, but uh, Sayaki like reassures her that the part of her sister that she remembers had to be part of who she really was as a, as a person too. It's not some fake idea. Um, Like people are like multifaceted, right? So like what she remembers about her sister is at least part of who she was. Um, That kind of reassures her. And as they leave the cafe, there's a short like shot of like Sayaki's eyeball uh, like the reflection of her arm, like reaching out towards you, uh, towards Toko as she's walking away, and just once again, like unable to completely bring herself to like reach out to her, even though she wishes that she could. Like there's just there's always this distance between them that she can't cross. Um, Toko, yeah. oh, oh sorry, is feeling very unsure of herself, but tells herself she has to play her sister's part to the very end. And there's a lot of train symbolism as she, like, arrives at a station headed towards the last stop and wonders what she'll do after she finishes the play, which is, like, the metaphorical last stop on this journey she has to make up for her sister. And just as she thinks about sending a message to you, who she's like, I always like to comfort myself with you at at times like these, she gets a message, like, right out of the blue just from from you, like, saying, hey, do you want to come hang out with me? Um, Which I thought really weird because... I thought Toko didn't want to be in a relationship with her. And then from last episode. Yeah. And then this happens. It is. like Toko's mind is something that I have never fully come to understand over the course of this series. Like, I do not get what she wants and why she wants it at any given moment. Uh, And it's like one of my biggest problems with this show. Because it like I, I agree with you that it just seems so back and forth and she's so conflicted all of the time about like what she wants with you and what she wants for herself that uh, it's hard to tell. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think she's conflicted because she's having a lot go on in her life right now. Yeah. And yeah, she knows she's sure. going to fulfill this thing that she's set out for herself and she's not sure what comes after. Yeah. So I think part of her is interested in being in a relationship with you, but she's not sure like, if she can learn to love herself enough to be in a relationship with you, mm-hmm. like a real relationship or not. So there's a lot of back and forth there. Yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. Uh, the other really interesting thing is like when we go back to Miyako's cafe, uh, Rico arrives and the teacher Rico and it's like asks for a cup of coffee and 
Miyako, who, again, if you remember, was, like, kind of jealous earlier when she heard about them hanging out with, like, Ichigaya, like, asks Rico, like, hey, I know you, like, don't really have a preference between, like, men and women. Like, are you, you've dated both of them in the past. Uh, but if you were pressed, like, which one would you prefer, like, women or men? Uh, and, like, Rico thinks for a moment to herself, like, really carefully, and she's like, uh, I don't really have a special interest in women, and Miyako's like, like, shit. <laughs> but then <laughs> but then she's like, but in your case, you're particularly special to me. And uh, she gets, like, really Aww. embarrassed, and then Miyako, like, teases her a bit, and it's like, can you say that again? But What's she won't. really interesting is I do know a couple, a lesbian couple. Mm-hmm. They are together, but they say they aren't lesbians. It's just that the two of them are special to each other. Oh yeah, there's lots of people like that. Like, and well, I'm just yeah. saying, I know some that are actually real, and they have like they have a yeah. kid now too. So it's just like, yeah. I mean, that I think if I didn't know that in real life, I'd be like, what the fuck is going on? But like, I've seen this in real life, so I'm like, okay, whatever. I'll yeah, buy it. <laughs> like gender and sexuality is such like a weird, wide spectrum um, mm-hmm. that I totally believe that these people are like this. I mean, like if Rico's just bi and like has had a past of dating both men and women, but like. Yeah, like if Miyako is just the one, then she's like just the one, and yeah, that sure. can override those other thoughts in some ways. But yeah, yeah. at least some show this season handles uh, yeah. being gay somehow. Good. <laughs> <laughs> somehow without rape, amazing, wow. <laughs> incredible. <laughs> uh, yeah, so yeah, so after this very adorable, cute scene, uh, you and Toko end up hanging out in an aquarium called Aqua World. Uh, and they go to see this dolphin show and they sit in like the splash zone and they buy a hundred yen ponchos to protect themselves so they don't have to go to the hospital later. Um, Toko is ecstatic afterwards and like blabs about how she wants to go on tons of dates with you to like movie theaters and other aquariums and like maybe even climb a mountain. And then she just like blurts out to you that she loves her and like you kind of like like takes that in stride and like kind of rebukes her saying like you use that word very freely with no hesitation. Shouldn't you be a bit more shy about saying it? Basically saying like, don't say that unless you really mean it is what the underlying subtext of that is. And like Togo tells you that like saying it makes her feel a sense of relief that she can in fact fall in love with someone. Cause that's clearly been her fear that she didn't know if she could because she never saw her sister fall in love with anyone. And that's like the root of the problem since she wants to become her sister. She, I guess feels like she won't be able to fall in love. Like her sister never did, at least not that she saw. And like, while the rest of Toko might be a lie, she knows that the part that is in love with you is not a lie. And she's kind of just like clinging to that. Um, and she also realized that this is like contradictory to how she supposedly just wants to become her sister. But you tells her like, you know, I think it's fine for people to have some contradictions. Um, and so they have some downtime ahead of like, uh, so they head outside of the aquarium ahead of like this little penguin parade that's going to come by. And like you asks like Toko, like practice some of the scenes from the play with me. And then when they begin, you like immediately starts improvising these scenes based off like the new script she had been writing with Koyomi, which takes Toko off guard. And you tells her like, she doesn't need to choose between any of the three people she supposedly was in the past. And like the only person she knows is the one she's met in the present. Uh, and Toko responds that she has no memories, so she has nothing to like define who she is. And like they're unfortunately interrupted as like families and children gather for this penguin parade, and Toko like reaches out towards you, and you like she's like metaphorically stuck underwater from like all this stuff that you just dropped on her, like by reenacting the play. But you turns around and like her smile just like snaps her out of it. 
and like the credits start to play at this point over like various hijinks as you and like Toko continue to enjoy the aquarium together. And there's one point it looks like you is about to leave Toko behind and she panics momentarily before you like grabs her by the hand and that starts leading her down one of those like, you know, like in the aquarium, those hallways that are just like all like tank around you above you. And it's like blindingly bright. And it, it's like Toko is like literally leading Nanami down this like tunnel into the light, like away from like the dark place where she's been. Um, and like you could see uh, Toko look down at their like hands that are like holding each other and like thinks to herself, I wish this moment would never end. And like you is quite literally like showing her like a path forward and thinks to herself like the exit. Oh, no, we're here already. And we get these brief scenes between the other members of the cast, which were like just like oh, they they continue to exist. <laughs> like there's nothing like really important about those scenes. It's like, oh, we just get a quick flash of everybody. And then you and Toko yeah. sit next to each other on the train home. You sends a like a proposed title by text to Koyomi for the play of quote only you know unquote and like so I thought you, it was yeah. only one you is like the translation I saw. Oh, so it might have been translated differently between like different subtitles. The the high dive subs had only you know, but only one you uh, okay. is also a really good title for that. I would say as well. Um. So yeah, you tells Toko like, oh, you can sleep on my shoulder, blah blah blah, and she takes her up on it. And after a while, like you works up the courage, to, like grab Toko's hand and whisper to her gently that they need to like change trains, and that's where it ends. And so yeah, it very much it gives us like an emotional like con um, or like an emotional coda to like the whole like arc they were going on, but like we don't get to the play. Like clearly, this is ended in the middle <laughs> of the manga. Like obviously the manga is not yeah. over, but uh, I was yeah I was see, just a like coda what the fuck is like this a is satisfactory yeah. see becom yeah. a coda is a satisfactory ending to an experience true and to me this did not have a coda because this was not yeah. a satisfactory ending in my opinion a series should be like a extended movie right like there should mm-hmm. be conflict and plot that is resolved. At the you know by the time that the series is done, yeah, this did not happen with the no, series. It literally ended in the middle of the story. There's like no no even decent type of conclusion to anything. I was like, uh, yeah, I felt like there it? was a little bit of conclusion because like by reenacting the play, even if it was just by themselves, like they I feel like they jumped forward a bit into where like the manga is going to get to to give like some sort of like closure. I, but, I also yeah. couldn't believe it took 12 episodes for the relationship <laughs> just to get to this point. Yeah. To me, this is way too slow. They definitely wasted some time for sure. Yeah. They did. Uh, <sighs> they could have got, they could have fit in more here and like excised a few, like just random moments. But I, I'm sort of happy with where they got to in the end, even though I still like struggle with Toko's character uh, and like how much like I feel like her character is justified and it's very soap opery in a way. But um, I, I thought the ending was like as good as it could have been for something that ended right in the middle of the manga. Uh, so we'll have to wait and see if we get more of this or if it's just going to be a, hey, go God, read I the manga. <laughs> so I yeah. do not want to watch anymore. Well, uh, we should take a short break. Uh, that's, that's that's the last review of this fall season. But when we come back, yeah. we have oh boy, a lot when we come of anime back. to talk about. <laughs> yeah. It'll be oh awesome. boy. 
It'll be we awesome. Got, we got scores. We've got anime. We watched this this this, this uh, season outside the so podcast. <laughs> lots of lots yeah. of anime watching outside the podcast, which is gonna be fun to talk about. For once, we've never done more than like I think two shows, and we got quite a list here. So this will be good. All right. All right. Mm-hmm. See you in a couple minutes. Yep. See ya. Hey, dude, you into anime, manga, and all that radical stuff? Oh, yeah, man. It's tubular. Then you should totally check out the... This transmission has been hacked. If you want discussions, debate, reviews, and all in between, you must listen to the Anime Radicals Network at www.animeradicals.com. There's timely reviews, revolutions, mecha, and much more. Find it on iTunes, Google Podcasts, and all podcast catchers. The Anime Radicals Network. The revolution will be simulcast. Hey, do you like wrestling? Whether it be in a bar, an arena, some weird place in Asia, or in a stadium. Or the occasional penis plex. Well, if any of these things might tickle your fancy, anywhere in between from penises to wrestling, you can come and check out our podcast. Our podcast name is Smack It Down. We talk all things WWE, New Japan, anything else in between. I'm Jay Silver. I'm Corey Gold. And we look forward to you joining us. Happy Rusev Day. Happy Rusev Day, indeed. All right, and we are back. And we're going to... Ah! <laughs> we're going to kick off this second half of our uh, podcast by... I'm excited. Talking about shows we watched outside of the shows we cover on week to week on the podcast. Because uh, because we like went down to eight shows this uh, season, we were actually... Like, we felt like we were able to watch a lot more stuff than usual uh, yes. outside of the shows. We just had more free time. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it's a lot going from 10 to 8, but it really was. It was. <laughs> so, somehow. Yeah. I don't know how. <laughs> I um, think it's a weekly pr- thing. I think when it's weekly, it's not as stressful. Yeah. Stuff doesn't pile up as much when you go weekly, for sure. Yep. It's definitely yep. worked out for us. Um, so I'll start with one of the best things I watched, and it was actually a really nice Christmas Eve present for me, because that's when High Score Girl finally dropped on Netflix, and I just binged like all of that in like a day and a half, and just was completely smitten by it. It's like it is very much catered towards me as somebody who grew up playing arcade games and like Street Fighter and arcades with my friends, and like just to have like this whole story about like. This kid is like kind of awkward kid falling in love with this really awkward girl who like never even speaks, but she expresses so much emotion through like what she doesn't say, uh, like, like fall in love over Capcom arcade games and just like seeing like them fall in love over these like ridiculous things. And then, um, having some obstacles in the way, a third girl enters the scene and I actually liked her quite a bit too. Um, man, it was just such a fun she, ride. Man, I never watched the anime, but I read the manga. Yeah, and the the new girl is she was so much better than the main girl. I thought she's really fun, and obviously she does talk. That's a big bonus. <laughs> but like, uh, like yeah, it ends up being a somewhat of a competition um, between her and the other girl, but not in like the traditional like love triangle sort of way. It's more like they both get something out of like their relationship, like their friendly relationship with this kid. And for her, it's about like more like defining who she is as a person. And like, she's in like middle school, right? She's still figuring out who she is. And uh, yeah, through video games, she's sort of able to like build a personality for herself. That's really fun. Uh, it's a really great show. It's got a weird CG style to it. It definitely looks awkward, uh, but it's kind of like part of the charm of the whole thing, I feel like. 
And, I think uh, this anime yeah. is one of those that you either really love it or you don't. Because I've had I've yes. heard a lot of my friends who adore this anime and they've watched all of it. I don't like it at all. So it's very subjective. I loved mm-hmm. Yeah. I loved the beginning of the manga, but it got super old to me after a while. Yeah. And I ended up just dropping it. It's like I can't take any more of this. I will say, looking at a quick Google image search, yeah, the character designs are just exactly the same as the manga. It's no different. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. Also, it ends on a bit of a cliffhanger. There is more of it coming. Uh, There's quite soon. a bit manga, I believe. Yeah. So, uh, if you don't want to like, like you hate cliffhangers, maybe wait until more of it is out. Kind of like with like Castlevania on Netflix when that first season came out. Yeah, um, that's pretty yeah. good. It's still guess- pretty satisfying, like where they end on, in my opinion. But th- there is a cliffhanger, so. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Uh, one that we came very close to covering on this podcast. Thank SSSS God we did Thank God. I would have hated <laughs> well, I this show. Why. It was pretty good. I liked it. Uh, I enjoyed the show quite a bit. Uh, I thought all in all it was like pretty strong. One of Trigger's sort of better shows in recent memory for me. Uh, I really enjoyed the places they went with the ending of this show a lot. Uh, but mm-hmm. my big problem along the way is that I just felt like a lot of characters did not get enough development for them to be truly interesting to me, which when you find out what the ending is kind of makes sense. I don't really want to spoil that ending because we didn't cover it week to week. Uh, and I just think it's like a really interesting way to end the show. I don't want to spoil for people. But um, yeah, like Akane ends up being like the most important character in that show by far, which is good because I liked her a lot. But I also wish I had had gotten a little bit more from Rika and especially Yuta, who is barely a character by the end of this show. Um, (laughs) Yeah. yeah. Uh, It's just like there's some like missed potential with this show for me. Like I like it aesthetically. I liked the music a lot. I liked the ending, how weird it was. Uh, But I feel like they could have done more, basically. So, yeah. What'd you give it? Uh, I gave it like, oh, I didn't even say about high school, high score. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't think you did that yeah. one either. But I gave yeah. <laughs> high score girl an eight. I gave Gridman a six out of 10 in the end. So I, I watched Gridman also. It's just, it's just a pretty interesting show. Uh, it really came together in the end. Like Becom said, they, it was, it just had, had a good, nice wrap up ending. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but I, I don't really want to say too much about it. I don't want to spoil it if somebody hasn't watched it yet, but I gave it a 6.5 out of 10. Uh, so, Leo, do you want to talk about like one of your shows? We'll like sort of jump back and forth uh, sure. a little bit. Yeah, yeah. So uh, let's talk about Black Clover. Oh, uh, <laughs> yeah. If anybody remembers, uh, that cat wasn't cat wasn't here yet, but Ecom and I did do a preview episode for this, and we did. God, did we think it was pretty awful? Uh, it I had mean, an I awful never. Start. I, I didn't think it was that awful because, like most shonens, some shonens don't have great starts. Like true. And honestly, well, like see, it was obnoxious, but it wasn't like you couldn't watch it. I think people just love to hype things. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty bad. Mostly it was Asa's <laughs> voice acting, just screaming everything and not doing much to stand out from other shonen mm-hmm. with like the weak protagonists who slowly become stronger. It hadn't done anything to set itself apart from like the setup of any shonen. That's true. Uh, that's true. Okay, go yeah, ahead. That's, that's why it had like a slow start and I thought it kind of died off, but then the show started to eventually bring in more characters with very unique personalities. Starting of the show, I, I apparently had somewhere said it was a five out of 10 for me. I think it may have been worse. <laughs> mm-hmm. I, but I am now at episode 64 and confidently say I am 100% on board with this anime. 
This last battle arc was fucking crazy and insane. And in episode 63, the best way I can describe this battle was animated is it looks like it came out of an episode of Devilman Crybaby. It was bonkers. I think, yeah, episode 63, I think is what I said. Mm-hmm. And like the other battles up to this point are really great. Just this one really, it really just reset the bar. And See, it, after I watched it, I really thought of Cat because I know Cat's a huge Naruto fan. So I think if yeah. you're a big fan of Naruto or Shipton, I really hate saying that you should tough it out early through Black Clover. But as of right now on episode 64, I think I've seen 65 since then. It's proved worth it to me now. I give See? it an 8 out of 10 at this See? point. It I, is. I was rooting for this <laughs> at the beginning. You guys were all shitting on it. I was in the Discord <laughs> chat saying it's not that bad. It's not that bad. It's pretty good. <laughs> Y'all were dissing me for liking Black Clover. Where are you guys now? Where are you guys now? That's all I'm saying. No, the beginning, the beginning <laughs> uh-huh. was bad, but it's so good now. Like I really love some of these characters so, so much. Mm-hmm. Like even the God, what is her name? That's uh, uh, Black Clover. There we go. Uh, the little princess character. Where'd the you go? one who uh, eats Noelle. everything in sight. Noelle. She's just yes. like a little bitch at the beginning, but now she's actually like figuring out she shouldn't be such a little bitch about the whole thing. And then Charmy, I'm I'm fucking Charmy's the fucking greatest ever. She every time she's on the screen, she does something that makes me fucking laugh. <laughs> I'm telling you, and I the moment I knew I was gonna love this show, they went to to get tested to see if they could be knights or whatever. And yeah, he, you remember how he like just whoops that guy who was like, "Ha ha, I'm gonna be paired with this dumbass, and like it's gonna be great for me. Yeah. I'm gonna look so good." He just yeah, because he has no quote unquote magic. <laughs> yeah, he he clobbers this dude like just with this giant sword, just like. Kicks the shit out of him, beats him up all the hell. I was like, I love this. I love like overpowered characters who just like destroy char- other characters and like confuse the fuck out of them in the process. Well, I love that shit. That, that doesn't mm-hmm. happen that much. There are they people constantly keep underestimating Asta because they say he has no magic, but there's still plenty of like ones where like there was one guy, he was the beast guy. I fucking the names in the show. There's just too many characters. Uh, there's this beast guy where it literally took five of them to take this guy down and they barely did it in the end. Mm-hmm. But where, where did you stop? I think I was at like 40 when I stopped. I, I'm going to pick you it went back that up far and stopped. Well, cause I, I okay, had a lot need- on my plate and I was like, I need to pause. Actually, this whole season has been me trying to catch up to the shows that I paused halfway through. <laughs> okay. Okay. Me. You definitely need to go back and watch it. And when you watch episode three, get a hold of me because I know you're going to want to talk about it. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so one, I think the interesting thing about episode 63 is what was going on like behind the scenes because like apparently Black Clover had been having like a lot of issues with like animation and like art quality. And I think there was a lot of stuff going on with the staff. And for episode 63, they kind of experimented by uh, asking a bunch of animators from around the world to work on that crazy battle, which is why it looks so different from the rest of the show. Oh yeah. I can totally see that. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's actually like a really interesting, like kind of experiment that they did that it turned out like it, it got a lot of press. Like I, I heard about it when it was happening. A lot of people were talking about it. And I think it got a lot of people back into the show. So yeah, good, I think I was good just, for yeah. them. Honestly, yeah, I was just chilling in my chair, watching it on the Xbox. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm sitting there watching this. And I'm like, what the fuck happened? <laughs> I was <laughs> this so, is a oh, almost I, different show yeah. at this point. <laughs> I'm so happy it's still going strong because like people kept shitting on it. I kept having to defend it and yell at people and be like, no, it's a good <laughs> show. And people would be like, it's a piece of shit. Da-da-da-da. And I'd have to fight. I'm so glad. I'm so glad I'm being redeemed. Oh my gosh. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh Become what's your next show? Uh, just quick note on this one. I watched Release the Spice. Oh, huh. uh, which I'm sorry. Good luck with that. <laughs> uh, it's fine. Like I, I mostly watched this one for the soundtrack. Uh, the soundtrack was just really fun. Uh, it was like a weird, like sometimes dubstep, sometimes just like drum and bass thing going hmm. on. And the I plot like of the show bass. is just really insanely stupid and crazy, and like. Uh, an excuse to have girls lick each other. Uh, <laughs> but, was there was there like, a lot honestly, of licking? No I assumed there was going to be. So there actually wasn't as much as I expected. Mm-hmm. I, th- there was not nearly as much licking as I expected, but like there was like in key moments, the girl would just like lick somebody to figure out what their true feelings were. Was and it so, like full like, frontal drool licking? Was it like a lot of saliva no. happening? Was the up close? It of was the not mouth, like Ulysses like, or whatever. <laughs> no. Oh, it wasn't God. that bad. It was. It was. It was usually like quick, little, innocent licks, cat. If you know oh, what I mean. Uh, okay. No. That's, that's disappointing. Not what you're looking though. for. At least if they're gonna go with it, they should make it like smutty as all fuck. Yeah, they might as well go full throttle. Go full <laughs> throttle. God damn it, Leo. Uh, what score did you give it, Beacom? <laughs> I, I gave it. I in the end gave it like a three out of ten. Like I, Man, I didn't. That means think... you like hated this at some point. You hated something about that. Well, what I just was, was really bored with it. I thought the ending was pretty bad. Uh, I thought like the whole middle was really boring. I just was really in it for like the soundtrack and some of like just laughing at it because I was group watching several of the episodes. Did you, so did oh, you? I was uh, getting ready to ask. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Did someone okay, disrespect a girl? I love cutting you sure. off. So for me, whenever you give a show like a three or under become, I assume that at some point in that anime, someone has disrespected a girl because that is usually what makes you furious. <laughs> White Knight three. Yes. Uh, I don't, I don't remember. Not like it's mostly an all female cast. So not, there wasn't much opportunity for that to happen. It was mostly just that, like, the ending was kind of stupid and very predictable. Um, mm. And, yeah, mm. I, I was just like, eh. I was getting ready to ask, how do you, how do you willingly finish a show? That's a three. That, that's a three. But you said you group watch. Group watching, like, that's exactly that's how different. you do it. That's, yeah, that's different. <laughs> that's like a hate so, watch, like a hate love thing. Yeah, that's why we watched Aramanga Sensei. I mean, come on. True. Yeah. And we still had to drink our way through. <laughs> oh, God, we really needed more alcohol. For the end of that. <laughs> okay, so the next show that I watched was that time I got reincarnated as a slime. I nice. will say, fuck the first three episodes. That turned out to apparently be a necessary evil to get this world building dump mm-hmm. done and out of the way, I and also to it. get Rimuru's. Yeah, mm-hmm. and I I hated it too, and get Rimuru's slime abilities explained, which is basically the sole reason we never picked it up because after the first three episodes, all I think all of us were just like, no, yeah, mm-hmm. pretty much. But once that is done. And out of the way, it does start getting really entertaining. You actually start to get to watch Rimuru grow, and he's also building his own village at the same time and acquiring different monsters, and he names them, and they involve. And he keeps running these new and interesting monsters, and there's, like, these other evil plots going on from these evil guys or whatever. Uh, it's like, I'm on board. I'm honestly, I th- we might end up picking it up 
next season. It's possible. I mean, next, yeah. next season looks weak. I know this show's doing good. It's mm-hmm. a 7 out of 10 for me right now. So. Interesting. Cool. I guess I wouldn't uh, be too opposed. As long as you let me keep yeah, watching. Yeah, it's pretty uh, fun. Yeah, I mean, as long I mean, as you teach really, me. Once you get past those I'll, first three episodes, then it's really great. A bargain. If you will let me keep watching Run With The Wind, I will watch... <laughs> This bullshit slime the show. Grand bargain. I will. I will like plug my nose and swallow that slime down my throat. I no. I don't like this deal because you're gonna like Goblin Slayer, and I'm still not gonna like Run with the Wind. So no. no we're talking about <laughs> slime, not Goblin Slayer, right? I'm sorry, slime. Sorry. Yeah. Slime show, not Goblin Slayer. It's fucking over, anyways. I mean, I don't think I'm gonna like it. Let's put it that way, because I did not like that slime show at all. I think it's. I'm gonna. Yeah, you hate only it. seen the first three episodes. I don't blame you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It All gets right. better after that. I, yeah. Actually, Leo, since you invoked the name, why don't you talk about Goblin Slayer? Since you okay, did finish Goblin watching Slayer. it, you know, I was perfectly fine with the show. I wasn't blown away by the first episode like a lot of people were. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think uh, some of his other dark tones really turned people off. I, I'm not. I don't get bothered by dark tones. I like them if they're done right. It makes for interesting stories. And also, it wasn't like it was glorifying the dark stuff it did. I mean, it was definitely marking as bad. Mm-hmm. But if that stuff doesn't bother you, but you like action and well thought out like battle plans, which was kind of like them figuring out how they're going to fight the next goblins, uh, six out of ten. Okay, mm-hmm. fun watch. Makes sense. That's that's about where I expected it would end up after like. Well, did you get to like the part with like the meat shields? <laughs> Yeah, that was at the very end yeah, of was, uh, the was second that, like, to last episode. That was something. Yeah, that was something people talked about a lot. I never finished watching this, so I don't know how it came off in the anime. But like, I know people were talking about that around the time the first episode came out as like another, like more evidence that the show was just like kind of edgy. Well, um, uh, the thing is that it comes up at the end of the episode and yeah. is taken care of pretty quickly. Okay, all right. So it didn't. Then it wasn't like just, really a blip on the radar even then. So yeah. And, uh, a blip, and that was it. And yeah. it was just it was just gone. Okay, I mean, it, I was it, curious. It, it honestly didn't really even stand out to me for the okay. most part. But uh, another show I watched was a short called Skull Faced Bookseller Honda San. Uh, I saw so this that, is like that advertised yeah. everywhere. Okay, tell yeah, me about it's it. It's fun. It, I will say it starts off really fun. It is a very niche comedy uh, that you will be interested in if you are into manga. And like, like, want to know a little bit more, like, what it's like <laughs> trying to market and sell manga I to like fans. How all your shows have like low scores, but all mine have good scores. I watch outside the <laughs> yeah. season. Like, do you yeah. love punishing yourself or yes, something? Absolutely, ultimate masochist <laughs> over here. Um, I was the skeleton after watching all these shows, just like Honda-san. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Um, no, yeah, he like it's basically his daily life as like a bookseller at a bookstore with his coworkers trying to figure out how to like market manga and like help out these crazy customers, like crazy foreigners who come in like asking for boys love and like just like it's <laughs> just craziness. Like and, and it's just it's really niche. And like I was like really in love with it after like the first three episodes. The problem for me was when like the next like nine or ten episodes, like I just it stopped being funny to me. Like, I just think they had all of their best ideas early on. And there were just oh, like a then. couple of chuckles through the rest of the series. It just didn't catch me anymore though. Um, Damn. 
So I just found, I found myself just sitting there like watching what was happening, but not laughing at it for like the last like seven episodes of this series, which I was sad about because I really liked it early on. And so like in the end, I rated it a four out of ten. But I, I still like I think if you are a big manga fan, like bigger than I am, because I'm not much of one, like you might get a lot more out of this than I did. Uh, and especially if you've ever worked at like a bookstore, like this is the comedy for you, like a hundred percent, because like they get oh, yeah. into like. Like I can see how you about, would just like relate with it so hard. You'd yeah, be like, like this stocking is awesome. the shelves and like all that stuff and like trying not to like bend like the front cover of a book as you like jam it into a shelf and it's like the last space. Like that stuff like you could totally like identify with as having worked worked at like a Borders or something or like a Barnes and Noble. So yeah. But in the end, not, not as much for me. <laughs> so. Uh, okay. My next show was I continued watching Double Decker, Doug and Carol. Nice. Okay, tell us about it because you've been t- you've been trying for a couple weeks. So I've been tell trying us. to get Becom to fucking finish it, and he still didn't. But okay, one of the big things is mo- yeah, basically all the action scenes are in CGI, and mm. I'm I'm actually really fine with it. I do like the style of CGI. It didn't bother me like it did with Planet With, which I fucking hated. <laughs> uh, it after that stupid debacle where. We basically dropped it. Well, Becom dropped it because it was pick because uh, Doug's yeah Doug's sister turned out to be his brother, mm-hmm. and and really that gets thrown away, and then they give up a reason later why he was cross dressing, and you're just like, okay, whatever. Okay, uh, it could have spent more time on the women who are just flat out badasses in the show. Uh, they do in the second half start getting a little more screen time towards the end and actually do play a bigger role into like the things going down at the end. Uh, Like and actually like very important roles. Like the plan that's like put out is like, nobody can really fuck this up. And the girls like, (laughs) Mm -hmm. darn, I guess I can't say this because it would, would be a spoiler and I don't want to spoil this. Okay. Uh, But you know, they just stay, they make, dug out as an idiot again in the end and it, it's pretty funny and i will just say deanna is best girl i fucking love her Deanna uh, was great yeah 6.5 out of 10 oh okay cool that's pretty solid interesting in the end. Yeah. that's good uh all right i watched irizuku the world in colors oh um okay maybe I, you know what i heard a lot of people hyping the show yeah and you still shit on it <laughs> so remember when we made like a bunch of predictions at the beginning of the series about how this would end up and like how she was gonna like have sex with like her grandmother's like boyfriend or something and like yeah all this like weird like stuff they could do they did nothing they did none of that it was just the most boring straightforward plain Jane narrative from start to finish. I was so bored with it the whole time. Uh, One of the most unrealistic parts of this whole show to me, by the way, was that like, uh, if you like the grandmother, like as a young girl shows up in like episode four or five. um, And she's there with that group for like the rest of the series, like part of the photography club. One of the most unrealistic things about this show to me is that none of the boys or girls in the photography club, like were crushing on the grandmother who is like 
by far the hottest girl there. <laughs> like she's like by far the most interesting person in that group, the most attractive person in that group, and like the most dynamic character. And like nobody is crushing on her in this well, weird you know like what? everybody else is like into each other and it's not her though because You why? know what it so is? Who does You know what it is? The like, even though, hook up with then. Even though in this timeline they're the same age, they all know that she's the grandma and she's the granddaughter. Yes. And they're all attracted to the one that they perceive as younger. Because that's the way dudes are. <laughs> you're, you're honestly oh. right. And so, yeah, to answer your question, Leo, like, she doesn't end up with anybody. I guess what you're supposed to understand is that she ends up with whoever her grandpa ends up being, like, the main girl's grandpa. But we yeah. never meet him in this show, which also felt weird to me. Um, what the hell? Yeah, huh. it's just very, very generic. And, like, as Kat and I predicted, like, it was a boy helping a damaged girl build her life by falling in love with him. And that's how she got like her color back. And it's just like, okay, it was just (laughs) like the thing I'll praise is like the art style. And some of the animation was absolutely gorgeous. The background art PA works is always amazing at that stuff. But like, man, PA works, please just pick better material to like do like write better stories or adapt better stories than this. Cause it was really rough. I, I gave this a four mostly based on the production value of it. But yeah. Wow. Okay. So the last show that anybody's watching on the podcast, Kat, did you watch anything? I mostly like caught up with different shows that I had stopped in the middle one or two seasons ago. Mm-hmm. And I had like uh, okay. a good 10 plus shows that I had just stopped in the middle. And I was like, I'm going to finish these. And I finished a lot of them. So uh, I was pretty accomplished. That's good. I feel pretty good about that. Okay. <laughs> good for you. Uh, yeah. The, the backlogs are never ending. <laughs> yeah, it so, always bugs me when I. Yeah, the show I watched that. is JoJo's <laughs> Bizarre Adventure: Golden Wind. Uh, I mean, it's a JoJo. I'll say it for like I think the third time on this podcast. You already know if you like it or not. At the moment, I'm not liking as much as Stardust Crusaders and Diamonds Unbreakable, but definitely still enjoy watching the insanely designed stands and characters' outfits, and really really weird dance torture scenes so it gets a 7.5 out of 10 (laughs) (laughs) i heard the dancing scenes are absolutely insane (laughs) they are insane that that's exciting (laughs) i like dancing scenes especially ones that are yeah but there's there's literally one where they torture a guy by dancing it's fun (laughs) i was watching this going this is fucking insanity and why i love jojo like this Mm. is like sarumi levels of like crazy torture so they torture the guy by dancing around him or they make him dance they but by dancing around him while his eyelid is held open and they magnify a sun lens beam into his eye oh my god like so it hurts or it's just that their their dancing hurts his eye no there's like a magnifying glass in front of his eye that they have opened permanently opened with fish hooks and the sun is beaming into his eye and burning his eye and they're just dancing in front of him while they do it <laughs> it's fucking crazy oh my god oh my god fucking i JoJo's. need to see this JoJo's. i need to see this <laughs> watch it this seems like my if shit you like it enough if you like it enough i mean i don't ha- i definitely don't have a problem picking it up Okay, let me put yeah, it this way. The, all of the scenes that I have seen from this anime crack me up all to shit. Like, I have watched that oh, scene okay. <clears throat> where 
the they're like stuck together at the waist and they're they're like trying to they're like magnet magnetized you know what i'm talking about oh that that's that's a that's from like a way back jojos but like still yeah that's i've watched that yeah so many times because I, i i will often like come home from a club or something drunk as fuck and I will like lay in bed and like because I'm not tired yet. And I'll be like, what will I do? And I'll be like, I'm going to watch that scene again. And I'll go watch it and I'll laugh. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I started JoJo from Stardust Crusaders. So like you don't need to see the previous original JoJo's before that. Yeah. I mean, you can I'm just pretty saying, much for the most part jump in. It does a good job explaining stuff. I but... love those Dude, okay, seriously, fuck Kat, scenes like get that. Get caught up. <laughs> why okay you need to be watching the show hurry up and get caught up and then we'll pick it up and we'll have to force becom to watch it but okay. i guess now we can move on to the shows that we actually covered on the podcast let's do it all right so take it away becom let's talk about these eight shows we, we chose and ended up with uh so first of all there's the girl in twilight akane sasu shoujo uh i always liked that japanese name for this it just like rolls off the tongue really well um so this was like the surprise of the season for me, really, in a lot of ways. Like, I just thought it told like a couple of like it was it knew like what scope to cover in this anime, right? Like it had like five girls and it had just enough time to tell like all of their backstories in interesting ways that intertwined with each other and talk about like friendship and insecurities about like your life and like how you can get beyond that by confronting it. So um, basically it's pacing was pretty damn spot on exactly like yeah the visuals were hit and miss like i liked the battle scenes a lot even though they looked kind of goofy and cgi at times like i i liked it i liked the transformations i liked their weird outfits and i loved all the goofy humor especially from asuka in this series and like uh, i know at the very beginning of the season we pointed out like all of the great voice actresses who were voicing these main parts but like above all of them, Tomoyo Kurosawa as Asuka was just fantastic in the playing like various versions of Asuka and like just like various emotional levels as that character. Like she was so good. Um, while the ending left some to be desired, I still liked the artistry that went into like storyboarding that weird artistic ending that just was it was a fun way to end the series, even if it wasn't like completely satisfying. And yeah, I just thought they did a really good job at the show and like understanding that you can like continue to live a fulfilling life with the help of those close to you and like still honor the memory of those who are no longer with you and move on with your with your life. Um, mm-hmm. I gave it a seven out of ten in the end. OK, well, Ooh. I gave it a six out of ten because I, I will say like the zombie zombie land saga needs to take a lesson from this anime and pacing and how to Get all of the fucking backstories done in the anime. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. they did that. That's true. That is a good example of Girl in Twilight doing it right and some yeah. of them not doing it. Now, as well. they shittily ended the series. I did not like that. I was angry at the last episode. Um, mm-hmm. So I g- gave it a six. It wasn't terrible watching it week to week. I will not say it's anything memorable. It's not a show that I'm going to look back on and be like, oh, remember that? That was so crazy. It's just an S show to me. But it's okay. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So a little like BCOM, I was surprised that I was liking as much as I did. Uh, hmm. I gave it a six out of 10. Also the same as Kat. Uh, it's just, I just thought it's, it's just a fun show to watch. Uh, the, the, the development of the characters overcoming their problems was done pretty well. A lot of shows don't do that as well. Uh, but in the end, I'm just, 
really bugged about what's up with erotic you. Like mm. we yeah. don't know we what don't her know. story was mm-hmm. or nothing. We don't know shit. Yeah. And honestly, okay. Like there are some shows I watch where they have a lot of problems, but I still like uh Kokaku. You remember that one? Yes. Where like oh, yeah. it had problems up the ass, but I still remember that show because it was crazy and there were things about it. I was like, oh my God. This show was not like that for it's, me. It's a very, that show was very unique. Yeah. Yeah. This show was not like mm-hmm. that for me. It had problems and it's just an average anime. And so I'm not going to remember it. It's not going to be anything that's like, oh, that anime. But it, it's okay. It's not terrible to watch, but the ending is not good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Kat, why don't you tell us about the second season of Golden Kamui? What are your thoughts on that? Okay. So. I still really enjoy the show. The best parts of this series in general for me is, is the comedy parts. Like I get such a such a crap. Oh my god, I die. Ditto. Like, Ditto. like the comedy okay, parts are the like best some of the best part of this entire season, in my opinion, is the serial killer. Like the the parts with the taxidermist at the very first episode oh, god. with the serial killer <laughs> and like him strutting like down with his tail penis like swinging. <laughs> Oh my god. I loved it. And like all of his stuffed people talking to him and being like, kill him. Don't do it. This is why I killed your father. And oh my, it's amazing. It killed me. This is why you should be watching this for the comedy. The act it has a lot of action too, which some people really get into. I'm it's not really my jam. Um but the plot is also interesting. Like it keeps you engrossed in the show. And I will keep yeah. watching it. I'm going to give it the same 7 out of 10 as I did last season. Yeah. Wait. So, like, I, yeah, I think it has one of the best balances of its genres. Like, the action, the adventure, the comedy, uh, a little bit of the drama. Like, its balance is, like, great. So, like, it's got it all for you. Mm-hmm. I think I might have laughed harder and more on the second season than the first. <laughs> but... I still think I'm going to keep it at the same score, which is eight out of 10. Um, if there is, and I think there will be, and I really hope that there's another season. I will without a doubt be watching it. Mm-hmm. So yeah, for me, the first season, I gave a score of five out of 10. Cause like I got, Ooh. I felt that whiplash with like the comedy versus like what I wanted to see out of the show, which was like, like the intro, like the exploration of like the Ainu culture and also like the journey that Sugimoto and a serper were going on together as people. Like, so I was like upset with the comedy. And then like when the first part of this season opened, everything Kat just talked about, I was like, all right. This is another five <laughs> out of ten, like show. Um, uh-huh. But that totally changed over the second half of the season when we got all of these in-depth explorations of like the side characters, like especially Tanagaki and Ogata's backstory episodes, like really impressed me. Um, and I thought they were building really well to a it just incredible ensemble cast that had like all these varied reasons for wanting to be in the climax of the show. In the end, I did think that the Noparabo reveal was a little bit like too much, too built up for what we got out of it. But as Leo explained, like during the last episode synopsis, like if he stayed around for too long, like you, you can't have a guy who knows the gold where the gold is for too long because that just like ruins the tense, like it ruins like the surprise of the show and it ruins the mystery of the show. And so, yep. should have expected that he wouldn't stick around. But I still wanted a little bit more out of that. But uh, 
overall, like, this is still one of the best venture fantasy anime going right now with, like, two extremely enjoyable main characters in Aserpa and Sugimoto. So, yeah, this second season was a lot better than the first. I'll give it a 7 out of 10 also. Yeah. Awesome. So uh, I just want I just want to add before we move on that uh, one other thing that really nailed was, like, the chemistry between the characters. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like, oh, man, every interaction with, like, Sugimoto, Aserpa, uh, Escape Keem, what's his stupid name? That's <laughs> Shiraishi. Shiraishi, which is a pain to to pronounce sometimes. <laughs> like it's just it's just insane. But mm-hmm. the next show, uh, unfortunately, is Run with the Wind. <laughs> um, I'll, I'll just go say it's four out of ten for me. Okay. It was boring as hell. There was way too much drama. There was way way too much running. <laughs> it's just not personally for me. I know there was a bunch of people enjoyed it, so don't let my score discourage you. So if you want to check it out, so, I mean, but that for me, no, no way. I will say overall, I have also been disappointed with this show. Uh, based on the so first few critical. episodes. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, I'm very critical. That's uh, definitely a thing. <laughs> based no, on the- not a podcast that does reviews. Would we ever be critical? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> um, based on the first few episodes, I expected more interesting character development to come out of this series than what I've gotten so far. We've gotten a decent amount, but not as much as I had hoped. Uh, you think that's because they have too many characters? Yes. No. Um, okay. They, you you know expect- all of those of characters by name. Like, that's a great way to tell that they've know, done I, good I forget a few of them sometimes. <laughs> I honestly had to look up Haiji's name for when I did the intro. Well, that's crazy. But, <laughs> <laughs> um... But yeah, I expected them to make the running kind of more fun than they have. Like uh, their training has gotten kind of repetitive uh, and like, I don't know. I don't know what else they could have done, but I felt like they they could have done something more. They still got 12. Oh, I'm sorry. 13 more episodes to go. Yeah. Uh, I also wonder if they'll ever in, in like address like running injuries in this show at any point, since like that's a huge part of being a long distance runner is like preventing and dealing with injuries well, as you get. Especially with. Haiji having a fucking injury, an old injury. Yeah. And so, I don't know. I'm not sure if we're going to continue to watch this one or not next season. It's it's a very light winter season from what I've seen so far, though. So there is a good chance we will. I'm going to give this as a 6 out of 10 for now, though. I think it's just fine. (laughs) (laughs) You don't want another season. You know what? Suck it up, Leo. Suck it up. I I gave it a 7 out of 10. I'll agree it was more soap opery than I would have liked, but it has good themes of self-growth, and it, I thought it had great character development. I don't know what y'all are talking about. Mm. Like, there were points, points in this where you're like, more. oh my gosh, this person just had a revelation. And honestly, like, if this was a show full of girls running and having these character developments, Bcom would be like, I <laughs> loved this show. This was the best <laughs> show ever. Eight out of ten is what he would have said. Can't can't say you're wrong so you know what <laughs> I, I will honestly say i may have liked this a whole lot more if it was female characters see, see, no. so but you know also what? would it but they also would have been going totally different routes than the male characters are and, due and the, to gender yeah, differences and the thing is like i love the shit out of like haiku and i love the shit out of like kuroko no Basuke. so like it's not only that if there was more to my disappointment than just no, like I mean, that they I, weren't i will cute admit girls. to its uh yeah. flaws but i just think mm-hmm. Guys yeah. are allowed to to have emotions and like not 
Oh yeah, they not are. have that be a no. bad yeah, thing but, in the show. So, but but being a fellow male, I'm just like all of you are a bunch of fucking bitches. And I don't want to be here for this. I don't so, want to be here oh, for man. this. But I don't know. I want to keep covering it. I think it'll be funny because it'll appeal to the typical like New Year, New Me types of people who I currently want to destroy at my gym. I'll, I can like take this and be like, watch this instead of like playing around with the equipment that you don't fucking know what to do with take this and watch it hopefully you'll nice. go die out in the wilderness trying to run this routine and i want to see your ass in here again Ugh. uh so i finally sorry um it's come time for me to uh drop the character that i've been teasing cat with for like 12 weeks about Uh rascal bunny girl um because like i've been playing devil's advocate with her like having a lot of fun doing that as she like gets increasingly frustrated with sakita you see see why i do this every episode with her it's so entertaining it's very entertaining (laughs) yeah um in the end like for me this was like a pretty serviceable anime it is very similar to haruhi suzumiya or oh my god for sure Or Origairu, like my, my teen rom-com snafu, like very similar to those anime, uh, which I probably like all of those better than this one, if I have to be pushed and, and asked. But the thing that really carried the show for me by far was Mai's character. I just I just absolutely loved her. I know Kat had issues with like how much she bullshit she put up from with Sakata, but I actually was really encouraged by a lot of times in this anime where she did put her foot down and like force him to like ma- like you know shape up basically and like yeah and yeah, like it was good yeah. when she made him shape up, but yeah. I agree with Kat yeah. when she would like deal with the bullshit. I'm like, no, there's I've never met a girl like this. Yeah, right, I yeah. liked at the end where she was like, no, I don't forgive you and like made it clear. Mm-hmm. I appreciated that too. Yeah. So Absolutely. Yeah. Like so there's a lot of moments like that. And I, I loved like the all of the chemistry between them is mostly from her side when I really sat down and thought about it because she's so charismatic and he's mostly just like a sarcastic asshole, which I enjoy, but like it only works when there are such charismatic characters like Mai on the other end of that sarcasm who can like mm-hmm. let it roll off of them and and throw it right back at them at the same time and like stand foot to foot with that guy and not lose a step, basically. Monogatari so, is like a much a better version of this, in my opinion. Absolutely, yeah. Monogatari yeah. is like incredibly well written, but yeah. Um I when I really sat down to think about it, like all of the other girls in this show, I did not care for as much. Like even Futaba, who I think is probably the second best character. Uh, I Futaba's like Futaba. My favorite. I like Futaba a lot. She's like discount Yuki Nagato from Haruhi, though. <laughs> like, in a lot of ways for me. Like if you go watch like Disappearance of Haruhi Suzumiya, like that is like the pinnacle of that character. I don't know, but I I don't know. If you really enjoyed this show and you haven't watched like Ori Gairu, my team rom com snafu, I would recommend that a lot. I think that show is kind of a better version of this in a lot of ways. Honestly, so I this actually, is the shadow. Yeah. This is the shadow of Monogatari. If you, if anyone yeah. watching this liked this kind of and has not watched Monogatari, what are you doing right now? Like, go watch <laughs> yeah, that. Definitely. Go watch that. Yeah, that's kind of true. So maybe maybe this kind of kind of show, since it's become so popular, will get people. I mean, I'm I'm. People are making similar comments all over the place. I think this will lead people to those types of anime. But yeah, for this one, I gave it like a fairly decent score, six out of ten. 
Uh, mm-hmm. It's a bit above average, but it's not like anything great. So yeah. Hmm. I guess I agree with that. Cat. I give it a seven out of ten because I think I give it a seven out of ten for the same reason I gave Darling and the Franks a seven out of ten, and you guys were outraged. I think it's uh-huh. a well done show. <laughs> I think it's one of those shows that will stick with the community for a while. Um, and it's mildly mildly entertaining and it's well made. Like I wasn't bored watching this ever. I wasn't angry. No, you were mildly mm-hmm. enraged the whole time. Yes. <laughs> I also really enjoyed hating it, which sometimes that works. Um I it isn't some show that like you must see, but I'll give it props for at least closing out all the plot points, not getting too close to emo territory, even with the constant like spontaneous cutting of people. Like that's that's a mm-hmm. deed. I mean, darling, the Franks didn't even manage that. So, right. Um, and not being too offensive for a harem, except the parts where Sakuta is like a selfish as fuck bastard. Um, but <laughs> at, at least it's not like overly ridiculous. Like you know, God, even your final score doesn't even sound right. Giving it a seven. <laughs> <sighs> I just couldn't. I couldn't justify giving it a six because it is well done. And I do think it'll stick around in the community for a while. So I think shows like that deserve to be recognized for their longevity and the fact that they they kind of quote unquote made it. Like they they are going to stick around and get models made of them and have a fandom for a while. I think that shows like mm-hmm. that do do deserve to be recognized some for the fact that they actually managed to stick a fandom down and keep them for a, a year or two because that's not something mm-hmm. with the the large amount of shows that we have now, it didn't used to be this way when we were growing up, you guys were like, there were so many shows. So like a lot more shows had fandoms nowadays. It is rare for one or two shows a season to have a fandom, to get a fandom and keep it. Um, Mm -hmm. So when they, when one does, even if it's not the greatest show ever, I feel like I should recognize that. So I do. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Hmm. So I'm going to give it a five out of 10. I realized I'm the odd man out because I just really was not entertained by the show. There's no way I would have watched this outside the podcast, would have watched the first two episodes and then just forget it. Yeah. Uh, Also, I'm just like, what was the message of the show? What was the goal the whole time? Did Sakata learn a lesson or something? I don't, Uh, I don't, I don't know. hmm. The goal was to fix all of these girls. (laughs) That was the goal. Yeah. I mean, he kind of learned, he, we kind of learned that his philosophy is like, he's trying to be kinder every day. That's like what the, his imaginary friend Shoko told him. I was like, from his imaginary friend. That he based off a 13 year old fucking girl. But he was clearly struggling to do that. And like Mai had to like whip him into shape at various times. I almost wonder if he had like a sex dream about her once when he was 13. And then that's why he was like, you know what? This was my imaginary friend. Now I'm going to base it off this chick. I really don't want to talk about that. Uh, anyways, <laughs> Futaba, is, Futaba is best girl. She's smart and sexy and, you know, she tells you how it is. You don't have to guess what she's angry with you. She will let you know. Uh, she doesn't play games like Mai and that makes her, like, way better in my book. So, Except for that time when that she one. was, like, two people. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she does she, play hey, games, has, though. She played a giant she game does, with that everybody, Instagram account. Nobody's babe. perfect, okay? Uh-huh. Which makes her even better because nobody's <laughs> perfect, so she can be an actual believable person. Okay, okay. that's fair. So, yeah, there you go. Uh, let's move on to the next one. Kat, tell us about Banana Fish. 
this <laughs> fucking show. Oh my god, this season, the show. Towards the end, I know, I know. All the listeners were just waiting for this part because we know they're going to tear into it. <laughs> Towards the oh, end, god. there was too much, too much in the show. I could not even follow all the subplots. Things would happen, and I'd be like, I'm confused. I don't even give a shit. Let's just go on to what happens next. I'm tired of it. The ending was such a cop-out, was such bullshit. I don't know. Like I said before, I'm all for a tragic ending, but this particular tragic ending was not even done well, was not even... I mean, it didn't even make sense. Like, why did he let himself bleed out? Did he Did he have a death wish? Was he like, oh, I know this will break Eiji's heart, but... I just feel like dying now. Like, what? I don't know. It, it made no sense. Also, I'm pretty sure in the library, dumb. like, you would notice if someone was dead next to you. Because, like, there would be blood leaking <laughs> from him somewhere if he got stabbed. Like, I oh, can yeah. see if he got shot. Yeah, there would be blood running off that chair and everything. It yeah. Would, yeah, it'd be obvious. I mm-hmm. can see if he got shot because he could have, like, internal bleeding. But if he got stabbed, like, that blood would be everywhere. That librarian would know that bitch was stabbed. She wouldn't be like, oh, he's sleeping peacefully. No, that's not Holy how that shit. At worked. that point, if you walked up on it, I'm pretty sure you would even fucking smell the blood. Yeah, oh, yeah I thought probably. about that, too. I thought about that, too. Be so. like, does somebody have a bag of pennies somewhere? What the <laughs> fuck's going on? <laughs> I so what'd you say you gave that? I, I gave it a four out of ten. And what was your midseason score? <laughs> a six. <laughs> yeah. It went down. Yep. This is... Yeah, so... I I don't want to base any show just off one thing, but they so completely fucked up this last episode and the ending so bad mm-hmm. that like I have to discredit anything else that's done. They the child rapist ring runner gets a redeeming moment. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck? He does. I can't believe he did it. He does. And and like every gay couple, it, it kind of says like every gay couple can exist and it doesn't work. I, mm-hmm. well, this, the moment the theme of this that? is the moment you decide you're gay, that's when you'll die. You're doomed to die. That's <laughs> yeah. the that's the theme it of the show. One, oh, yeah, God. there's even one of the two straight guys in the show getting back together. So they specifically show a relationship between a male and a female working back out after not working in the first time. So what the fuck? Yeah. Other yep. th- other other than this final episode, just like enraging me and all of you i did pretty much enjoy watching the rest of the show but i gotta give it a low score so i gotta give it four out of ten mid-season i was giving it a nice generous seven out of ten mm-hmm. that means you fucked up mid-season yeah all right become you <laughs> you even did worse than both being cat <laughs> yeah so at mid-season i had this as a 7.5 i was like the highest on this because i think we i remember we had come off a couple really interesting episodes that got into how ash felt about like the trauma of sexual assault and mm-hmm. so i was like oh this show is actually finally doing something really interesting i see what all the hype was about um and like I understand where those people are coming from who talked about the show as important as the manga as being important 
as a historical like manga that gave representation to representation, sorry, to a gay couple at a time when like that didn't happen in manga, even though like the manga didn't go so far as to say like, oh, they are in love. Like it heavily implied it at well, various like, they times. They called them friends yeah. at the end. I know. <laughs> yeah. Cause like, that's what you could do in the eighties. Yeah. Enraged yeah. me. <laughs> It's like these bitches yeah, aren't you're friends. Like, Fucking bullshit. I'm pretty sure AG was taking some sausage, okay? That's all I'm saying. <laughs> but like so that's the thing is like this anime feels so dated. Um and one of the worst parts about it is that they updated the fucking anime in a lot of different ways, right? They're like, oh, we're going to update it for modern times. We're going to like put it not in the Vietnam War. It's going to be like the war in Iraq or Afghanistan instead. Oh, it's going to be totally updated. It's going to be really interesting. But they didn't update any of the fucking content. And that was the important part. Like that is the part they needed to update for it to be a story that needed to be told in 2018. And they just didn't, they relied constantly on rape as a narrative crutch to like make their villains villainous, which is something that people rip into Sword Art Online for. And this show is worse than Sword Art Online with the rape (laughs) by far. It's continually pushing it in your face. This is a problem in the Yaoi community as a whole is that there's a lot of rape and a lot of rape as a storyline. In Yaoi, yeah. and I oh, almost really? wonder if this wow. comes mm-hmm. from this, like, because this is like the quote unquote father of a lot of the <laughs> Yaoi that exists today. And I'm kind of like, is this where this came from? Like, <laughs> I don't know, because I mean, it yeah, is still a like, problem. It is still a problem. It, it's not even exaggerating so far to say that, like, almost every villain in this show is a child rapist or, like, just a rapist at some point of, like, Ash or somebody else in the show. And it's just insanity to have people, like, accept that this would be a reality. And, like, I can't possibly take it seriously because of that. And, like, if you listen to the last podcast, like Leo said, like, you know how I feel about the ending and how it, like, basically undermined Ash's emotional journey, him mm-hmm. being a victim the whole time. And it's, it felt like a big fuck you to the audience who might have been hoping for a different, more consistent end to this story. Mm-hmm. A happier, more hopeful end for somebody whose entire life had been misery and pain and suffering. But no, we don't get that. It's just a mean-spirited fuck you to the fans of this series. And they say, you can go home and you can stick it. And it's a two out of fucking ten. That's what banana fish is. Anyway. Ash had someone the <laughs> one of the worst lives I have ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. Like, this is like almost worse than a starving Ethiopian child because he was almost forced to live longer and experience nothing but misery. Being raped. And and, and having terrible things misery. happen to him that fuck him up emotionally. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, he had a sucky life. It's bad. He had a really bad life. (sighs) God. Uh, But if your life is over, (laughs) at least you can have redemption (laughs) in Zombieland Saga. Oh (laughs) my God. (laughs) So, first off, this is an idol show. I liked it. What the fuck? <laughs> I know, crazy, right? They finally figured out how to do it. <laughs> they you made just have like to it. kill them. <laughs> you just, just kill the idols them. first. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so this show is so humorous at times, but I also felt like the drama could be a bit too much. Uh, but it, and then other times it actually resolved the drama very quickly, and it made me happy. Uh, so yeah, they did okay with it. Mm-hmm. I wish they had done more crazy performances like the rap battle in like episode two. Yeah. 
which I still love. And like Kat says, she goes out clubbing, comes back home and watch it. But I don't know what the look watch. I'll bring up that episode of the rap battle and just watch that rap battle because I'm just like, this is so crazy. This is so out of context and anime. It's just, it's bonkers. Mm-hmm. <laughs> also, uh, <laughs> Kotaro's voice actor, uh, Mamoru Miyano. Yeah. Was so awesome. Amazing performance. It's, so I want to see a video of him in the uh, the sound room doing this. Uh, there are some on YouTube if you look around, and and there are lots of videos of him doing like promotions for this in his character, oh. like dressed as his character with the sunglasses. Oh. And everything. It's oh, that's great. pretty epic. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, and I also would just like to say I would gladly ta- take a slap from Yigiri for a season two. You would take oh, a slap sure. from for a sure. lot of people. I'm pretty sure you'd take a slap from me, Leo. So that's nothing to write home about. <laughs> from Yugiri in a in a private room. Yeah, I'd take a slap maybe a you, bit you, more Yeah, miserable. like have but, her walk up to you in her giant as fuck sandals and just be like, the greatest courtesan is entering the room. And then she just beats the <laughs> shit out of you. I'd love it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So I gave this a 7.5 out of 10. (laughs) Yeah, going from probably my my most hated fucking show this season to my most liked in a lot of ways. Uh, You, yeah, you really yo-yoed on this one. (laughs) Yeah. Zombieland, man, I can't wait for the inevitable season two of this. Like, as I was looking at uh, Anime News Network's, like, article on, like, Blu-ray sales today, I saw that the second, in the second week of sales for Zombieland's Blu-ray, it had reached 20,000 Blu-rays sold, which is a huge number. Uh, So Japan is loving it. It's very popular. And for good reason, because very few other idol shows, like, have imbued their characters with as much, like, distinctive personality as this one. Like, that's the one that really... That's the thing that really sells this show, is how fun and goofy and, like, personable and, like, but also, like, emotional, like, these characters can make you. Um, Like, Lily was just fantastic. I fucking love Lily. Lily's, like, one of the best characters in an idol anime ever. Uh, I loved Sakura. I loved, like, all of them in their own ways. I love Saki and Yugiri, of course. And, like... Usually in idol groups, you have like two or three favorites and the rest are just there for flavor. But I really liked like aspects of almost all of these characters, even like the ones who got emo at times like Junko and I like I still enjoyed them Uh, and they mesh really well together. And Kotaro is like the glue that keeps them together as crazy as he is. He's like the perfect glue for this group. And he's such an entertaining manager. Uh, There's never been like an idol manager in these idol animes that is fun as he is. And so, yeah, like that. And like Leo said, the wide variety of music, like the rap stuff, like the crazy Vocaloid performance with the lightning coming the metal down from season one, the which metal. I was like, what yeah. the fuck? <laughs> First episode, not season one, episode one, episode one they yeah. did a metal show. What the fuck is this? The, the stupid <laughs> chicken commercial. Like there's, there's a lot of stuff to love about this show. Like, uh, I hope they keep that up and like with a new season, keep layering on these like critiques of like the Asian idol industry and how ridiculous it is, uh, because this is like the perfect platform to do it with. And so, yeah, oh, I, I one of them has to uh, get one of them has to get a boyfriend next next season. <laughs> oh, that would be awesome. That would be really <laughs> that funny. That would be such a um, great plot point, like her trying to figure out if she should tell him and like different things like. <laughs> Oh no, my arm fell hey, off, my- and oh, that would be amazing. <laughs> Could you imagine? Oh yeah, it oh, would be man. so good. Oh man, this so, needs yeah. to happen. Okay, I gave this an eight out of ten. This was a great show for sure. Wow, yeah. that's amazing. Mm-hmm. That's higher than me. Yep. Yeah. That, woo. 
I gave it a 7 out of 10. I was pissed off how it ended. I felt like it was a bullshit, like, contrived ending. Um, and it was too cheesy. But I liked the show week to week. And I really enjoyed the characters. I enjoyed seeing them from week to week. I enjoyed what they gave us. Um, and I will watch season two. And I like it. I also fucking love Yugiri. She is my girl. If they come out with a model of Yugiri, I will probably buy it. And as, like, Become and Leo know, like, I do not buy very many models. So, like, that's yeah, saying if they, something. If they come up, I only own two Nendroids. If they come up with a Nendroid of her, I'll probably pick her up and maybe, maybe Sakura. See, mm-hmm. I don't do the Nendroids thing. Fuck that. If I'm, an, I'm like a go big or go home person. So, like, I mean, I, I'm hoping they come out with some, like, awesome one that I can get. But, yeah. So, mm-hmm. and I... Yeah, I just love her. And she I want a backstory for her. I want to see her backstory. Um, I'm sure we'll get it. Yeah, I hope so. I, I want any backstory from a high class prostitute. I mean, like, <laughs> that's got to be interesting as fuck. You should watch oh uh, gosh, Rakugo Shinju. An anime about <laughs> that would be epic. Well, yeah, Rakugo Shinju does have that in there. And it's yeah, a really good show overall. But an anime mm-hmm. about like a bunch of high class prostitutes. And there's that would be epic. Be Why really hasn't good. that been yeah. done? Yeah. Anyway, um, <laughs> Sakura's whole everything I touch withers and dies arc was annoying and dramatic, but um, you mean bad? You mean bad luck? <laughs> you know, I don't know how you want to put it, but it was annoying as fuck. Um, mm-hmm. I did like finding out the manager's connection to her. Sometimes I sort of want to kill Sakura um, and replace her with Yugiri, <laughs> but I still really mm-hmm. like the show. So, sure. All right, let's jump into, I guess we'll do a first third of the anime score for Karakuri Circus. Oh, man. Uh, and since it's the first third of the anime, I guess I'll just give it a three out of ten. <laughs> this, is a, yeah, uh, this show had one of the, like, the most precipitous drop-offs I've seen in a long time just due to how rushed the adaptation got. Uh, literally zero care given to, like, given the audience like the connective tissue required to understand like why it was even moving from one arc to the next or like making any narrative sense whatsoever. I uh, do agree. It, it went from like cast- a, uh, it went from like a seven, almost an eight to like a two. Yeah, absolutely. At the beginning of the season, yeah. I had to say like a seven or eight for a while. And then it just really quickly dropped off over the last like five episodes. I, I, if I remember correctly, one of our, private chats you said something about it going off the rails yeah and in my mind i was like that's not even a, that doesn't even do it justice i was like yeah. the bridge was fucking out and this train <laughs> is not as a nice steady track and it literally just nose dives yeah. off the train tracks into the fucking valley yep. and just explodes a lot of that's a lot of like manga readers were complaining about the rush adaptation in the early stages and i didn't have a problem with it then like i thought it was moving briskly but i totally got what was happening the setup made sense to me but like once it hit the middle it really just boom like, then then yeah. it became extremely noticeable yeah, yeah. And, like i missed masaru and shiragane like they were two of my favorite characters and like as much as it, i liked narami when he was interacting with them when he's on his own with all of these new characters that we barely know and don't oh, care he's about way boring it's oh, yeah. way he's, more boring he's, he's just boring the main, without them yeah. i agree with that yeah, boring shonen protagonist when he's not with them. When he is with them, really interesting. But yeah, it was like it was a bitter pill to swallow that this like really disappointed as much as it did. Yeah, I, told so. <laughs> I told you God so. I told you so. I told you so. 
I don't yeah. remember you telling us this. I, thought I you was liked not this into this. On. I was not into this. <laughs> I'm just saying. Okay. Okay. Two out of ten for me. Please don't make me watch more of this. The last two episodes, <laughs> I felt like I was disassociating as I was watching it. Like I was trying to get mm-hmm. through it by like not, not like paying attention. I would like find myself being like, no, you have to. And I'd be like, oh God, it hurts though. It burns. And I'd be like, no, you have to pay attention. It was terrible. Don't make me do that again. Uh, <laughs> they skipped so much okay, plot. So- it was, they, the show doesn't even make sense anymore. I don't know. They keep introing yeah, yeah. characters and then they kill them. And I'm like, well, then what was the point? I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, that you can tell that like they had a whole lot more in the show before they killed them off. So like their deaths mean nothing to us at this point because we knew them for a minute and forty five seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, so the I'm not I'm not being near quite as harsh as the other two. I did I, I still like them. I found the beginning very interesting, but the pacing just went to absolute shit midway through. Uh, it, it's it's flat out reckless driving at this point. I have a ton of worries going forward. It it may steady back out, but that doesn't give an excuse for what happened mid season here so far. Uh, in the end, I'm even though I know it's a train wreck, I'm still have some sort of enjoyment and I'm totally not going to discredit the first part. Yeah. So I'm going to give it a 5.5 out of 10. Yeah. Okay. That first part, I was really in love with it. Yeah. So I understand yeah. that. Man. Oof. All right, Kat, All right. tell us what you thought One of more. Bloom Into You. <laughs> yes. Okay. So I gave it a five out of 10. I was interested throughout the series. The only real reason I'm giving it a low rating is that it's kind of flatlined halfway through. It's almost like it was swimming, right? Like the show was <laughs> swimming down this river. And then it, like halfway through, it was kind of like, I'm tired of this. I'm done. And just like laid down on the a guy raft. sit there. Just had had to wade there for a minute. No, it just like got a raft, laid down on the raft, and just like let itself be carried without Damn, moving. Damn, that's worth some waiting. Like throughout the rest of the se- of the of the season, like it just kind of lazy rivered its way through the rest of the season. Nothing happened. It didn't move. <laughs> and as a series, yeah. a series should be like a movie. Like I think I already said this. It should have plot conflict that is resolved. That didn't happen at all. Five out of ten. So, I was disappointed. Mm. Same for me. Five out of ten. It was just a very mesh show for me. I kind of get interested in some of the characters, but they never did anything with them. Like a blonde-haired girl, like she could really throw a wrench into this, but they'd never do it. Yeah. I think I would have been also been more interested if the girls were already actually dating. Yeah, Yeah. I suppose that could like, I'm just, I'm not interested in them getting to the point of dating, especially with the way they're doing it. It's just been so boring, but then again, I don't think it's bad and I'm sure some people will really like it. Mm -hmm. So that's why it sits at that five. Yeah, mm-hmm. I think uh, like the brightest points of the show were like the visual presentation, like some of like the art stuff they did, like the, the flower imagery. Like I think the cinematography and direction of the show was strong for like the material they were working with. But yeah, like uh, it ended all right for what they had set up. But like Kat said, it was kind of like a boring ending um, or like just like a boring second half of the show where things very much like were a stalemate for a while. 
Uh, and it took me such a long time to understand like what the heck Toko was even doing as a character in this show that was like really tough for me to like empathize with her uh, or empathize with you who was like falling in love with her. And like at the end, when you find out it's basically just like her motivation is that she just literally wants to be everything about her sister, even like how her sister could not fall in love with somebody else. That just felt like very soap opera opera. Like it did not feel authentic. Like an actual person would actually act like this for these reasons. But and like use willingness to go along with all of it uh, felt interesting, but like her stubborn insistence that she's still not in love just felt like a stunning lack of self-awareness <laughs> at that point. Right. Like it's just ridiculous, but uh, I don't know. I, I like the music. Uh, I did not like the character designs very much of this show either. It's just like a big mix for me. Like a lot of things that I thought were really good and a lot of stuff that was just like completely underwhelming. Uh, I still on, think on the, Overall, it comes out slightly above average, so I'll give it a six out of ten. But man, it's disappointing based on like what I had heard about this manga going in. I thought it was going to be quite a bit better than this. So yeah, uh, if, the manga is ongoing, by the way, so you could go read it and find out what happens with them. But, yeah, uh, but whenever yeah. they do a manga tease, they're like, "Go find out what happens." I'm like pissed off. Yeah. Oh, me too. Yeah, <laughs> agreed. You just made this anime, so I'd go read your manga. Fuck you. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> All right, so let's talk about favorites. I'll go first. My favorite show of the season, according to score, was Golden Kamui Season 2. Which makes sense for you, yeah. I think. Which yeah. was which, which, big 8.0. Uh, Becom, what about you? My favorite was also an 8. My only 8 was Zombieland Saga. Really loved that show. It was really was fun. surprising. And then, Cats, uh, what's your favorites, which make no sense to me? Yeah. Well, okay, <laughs> there, were, there was no good anime for me to give it like an eight or higher. Like there were a lot of just eh anime this season, which was disappointing. Mm-hmm. I did give a seven to golden Kamui run with the wind, uh, bunny and zombie land. But I will say that I think probably of the four zombie land was the one that I enjoyed the most. So I will say that really older golden Kamui. Cause like you uh, really didn't have anything much bad to say about golden, but you had plenty to say about zombie land. I like the characters of Zombie Man Land a lot, and they're new. Um, I also did really like mm-hmm. some parts of Golden Kamui, though. I don't know. They're they're like neck and neck probably for you, but like yeah. maybe Zombie Land just ekes it out. Yeah. If if Zombie Land did not have Yugiri, I feel like I would not even have it in there. I would have it would be like a six <laughs> or a five, and like Kamui would be- who doesn't do much but slap people. <laughs> I'm telling you, that girl, I love her. So <laughs> that's amazing. Yep. Oh, uh, is there anything else you guys would like to add before we close this out? Uh, uh, no. I would just like to say that I think the, uh, the new format of like going to like eight episodes, like weekly has worked out like tremendously well. I've been mm-hmm. really happy from it for it. Completely I, yeah. agree. I would love to hear from listeners though. Like, uh, if they feel like it's uh, been a, like a huge mistake, if they are enjoying the podcast more or less, or just about the same because of it, just like, you know, hit us up on Twitter or in our discord. Or leave us some uh, reviews on iTunes just to let us know how you feel about the podcast lately. We'd love, I'd love to hear that. Anything from you, Kat? No, I'll agree that I think the week-to-week is good. It keeps us more consistent, more fresh. Um, yeah, I, I'm hoping for a better season next season, but I don't think we're going to get one. So let's just stay positive. Have a good new year. Whatever fucking resolutions you guys have. 
he probably won't do them, <laughs> but good luck. So, <laughs> <laughs> all right, listeners, everybody, get excited for our next episode where we introduced our year, our year in review episode. Mm, that's gonna which be fun. We will, gonna be fun. We will be going back. We will be looking at what our scores were, what we said about them, and just revisiting them. And we went back and looked at one, and we already were cracking up, dying. We We've were. also ranked all our shows, mm-hmm. so we'll have a, a top 10 of the year and also a top 10 worst of the year, <laughs> which you should absolutely avoid. But the top 10 is you should absolutely watch. So everybody, thank you for listening. Remember to like and follow and subscribe to us on YouTube to get updates on new podcasts or videos. You can also find our podcast on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher, and follow us on Twitter at Nerm and Other for updates as well and then also we have our discord at nerm another join that we have fun uh and then with that we'll all see everybody uh next season i guess see you in winter